Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. A hundred years ago, I wrote a little book titled Rules of Engagement, Timeless Tips for Team Leaders. Now look, don't go looking for it on Amazon because it's out of print and the little tiny publisher who published it went belly up. That said, my goal in writing the book was simply to provide practical tools to help people learn to lead more effective collaborations and to use those collaborations to advance their organization's objectives. So I decided to resurrect that material. I thought it would be a worthwhile podcast, so here we are. The seven rules of engagement we're focusing on in this podcast link your team's work to the larger organization's strategic intent. Each of the rules requires you as the leader to be willing to take a few risks and maybe even step out of your comfort zone. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. The goal is for it to be obvious that your team is valuable, that they are contributors to the organization's success, and for you to be seen as a leader who promotes alignment between strategy and operation. Rule number one, provide an organizational context for the team's work. Your work doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in the context of a larger organization that may appear to have competing or conflicting goals. I want you to explain those competing or conflicting goals. I want you to be honest when goals shift. Explain why the shift happened, or if you don't know why it happened, tell them that. The more information you share with your team, the more they'll get, the more they'll grasp the context of their work. Take the time to connect the dots for team members. Help them understand how each project and each individual contribution supports the big picture. This instills people with a sense of purpose. It also gives them answers to the questions, the spoken questions and the unspoken questions about the rationale for your decisions. Once team members understand how their efforts connect to the other parts of the organization, they're more inclined to build support and rapport with those other teams. They'll have the knowledge to communicate with colleagues throughout the company, and they'll know more about substantive business issues. The team's products will also evolve because they have a deeper understanding of how their work matters. And that leads us right to rule number two, and that's to align the team's work with core business objectives. Just as the team needs to understand their labor in the larger context of the organization, they also need to be clear about business objectives that guide their work. Business objectives vary depending on what's going on in the industry, in the larger society, and even in the economy. Help your team understand industry changes. Help them understand resource constraints. Help them understand new developments in research. 
they need to understand the drivers, the business drivers that impact specific business objectives. Help team members understand the objectives. Build your own understanding by having a lot of contact with stakeholders, with senior leaders, with your peers, so that you have your own in-depth comprehension of the big picture and of the big picture objectives. Now, be flexible. Understand strategic objectives don't remain constant. They change and they evolve based on a wide variety of variables. Rule number three, challenge unproductive norms, values, and behaviors. How team members act, how they interact, it's a reflection of them and you. Their behavior reflects what they've learned, what they've practiced, and what they've refined. If they're collaborative, supportive, communicative, it's because those behaviors have been ingrained. And the reverse is also true. If they're overly competitive, malcontent, and deceptive, it's because those behaviors have been perfected through practice. Whether the behaviors of your team are positive or negative, they create a reputation throughout the organization. You're the leader. What do you want that rep to be? Their behavior becomes a reflection of you, the leader. When you allow the negative behavior to go unchecked, it becomes pervasive and contagious. That happens because you let it happen by failing to hold people accountable. By the same token, if you reward and recognize positive behavior, that behavior will become normative for the team. The role that values and norms play in collaborative interactions is critical. Values are the accepted set of beliefs of the team about its work, its customers, and the larger organization. Every team member may not be in total agreement, but you've got to share enough norms and values to deliver consistent quality. You also have to be consistent about how you deal with internal and external customers. Shared norms and values are what create that consistency. There are lots of productive norms that you can establish. You may decide that building consensus when making decisions is important, or you may decide that adhering to schedules is fundamental. It may be important for the team to surface and communicate through conflict. All of your norms impact how you relate to the larger organization. Remember, you're the leader. It's up to you to foster meaningful, substantive norms it's also up to you to model them, hold yourself and everyone else accountable to them. Let's go to rule number four. Engage throughout the organization. Engaging is more than skillful politicking. It's more than politely accommodating the needs of your colleagues. Engaging entails showing genuine interest in other people's work. It means providing resources and support for their struggles. Lend an ear. Equally as important, lend a hand. These are signs of significant engagement. Engagement is also shown when you don't sabotage, whether consciously or unconsciously, the work of other teams and of other leaders. 
make sure that you do the work to coordinate with others. Rather than competing, collaborate. Find complementary goals and other team leaders who want to partner with you. This means talking to other people about what they're working on. It means offering them support and any resources that you reasonably can. When you have conflicting or competing agendas, put the issues on the table. Find ways to collaborate throughout the organization whenever and wherever possible. And this naturally leads us to the next rule. Rule number five, build influence. Leadership, by definition, is one's ability to influence. That influence is exercised both vertically and horizontally. In other words, as a leader, your goal is to influence everyone from your peer group to your bosses to your staff. Building influence begins with clarity about your core values. Those are the principles that guide your behavior. Once they're clear to you, behave congruently. That consistent behavior builds a positive reputation. Developing the ability to listen, to reflect, and to offer suggestions are other key components of influence. Notice that I started with listening. Rather than rattling on and on and on about your thoughts and your ideas, use your time to digest information provided by others. That will make any suggestions that you put forth more valuable. Another important way to build influence is to contribute to your profession. You can volunteer to serve on industry councils or task forces. Think about becoming active in your professional association. Consider using your expertise to develop interesting presentations for industry conferences or webinars. There are any number of ways that you can build influence and credibility. This external effort allows you to really broaden your network. Forming partnerships and networks with people outside of your organization may get you resources, it may get you talent, it may get you ideas and feedback. But these linkages go further than that. Build a network with colleagues in other organizations. They may have best practices that can inform your team's work. I want to go back and stress the professional associations again. Being active and knowing their leaders will give you access to information on issues and trends in your industry. The association contacts will also offer you educational opportunities that benefit you and your team. And quite frankly, you'll learn about career opportunities. Where you are may not be where you want to be. Let's go to rule number six. Ensure that you advance equity. We don't intend to create inequalities on our team. Most of us don't. And yet sometimes we do. Our subconscious minds lead us to be more lenient to the people we like. When we feel that we have a kindred spirit, we're more likely to subtly give preferential treatment. It's not our intent to establish double standards, but that's often still the result. 
Our unconscious biases can lead us to creating really homogenous teams, even when we talk about valuing diversity. So what's the composition of your team? Are you inclusive? Do you intentionally seek out and value every voice? Which of your team's norms address inclusion? These same unconscious biases can impact the strategies and the processes that we support. We may endorse approaches presented by a select group of team members. We may advance approaches that benefit favored customers or favored shareholders or favored stakeholders. We may bend or break the rules from some people and not for other people. We may set up invisible barriers to participation on the team. Some of our unconscious biases may apply to our customers or our end users. Who do you make jump through every regulatory or bureaucratic hoop? Are you unconsciously creating encumbrances for some people but not others? Do we value people less who we perceive to be problems? And are there commonalities among the people that we perceive to be problems? Ensure equity by paying close attention to your approach, both strategic and operational, with every team member, with every stakeholder. Question. Have the courage to challenge practices and processes in the larger organization that don't support equity and inclusion. Before you can be credible doing that, you have to model it on your own team. Last rule, last one, rule number seven, scan the environment to identify opportunities. So now, your team has established a solid track record. It's time to search for new opportunities that call for even more skill. Get in the habit of volunteering for additional assignments. Encourage your team members to be on the search for new opportunities too. When you're scanning the environment to continue to have in-depth, really deep conversations with the people in your network, they'll let you know what's on the horizon they may be able to steer your team in new and challenging directions. I want to do a quick review here. The seven rules that we've covered are provide an organizational context for the team's work. Align the team's work with core business objectives. Challenge unproductive norms, values, and behaviors. Engage. Engage throughout the organization. Build influence. Ensure that you advance equity. Scan the environment to identify opportunities. As we wrap up, I want you to remember, master the rules one at a time. Do not try to tackle them all at once. That'll only frustrate you. Talk with your team about these rules of engagement, why they matter, and how they can benefit the team. Talk to other team leaders about them. It's really important to have allies when we're testing new approaches to leadership. Hold yourself accountable to using the rules and paying attention to how you implement them. You've also got to pay attention to the results that you get. Modify the rules of engagement so that they make sense for you, your team, and your organization. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.